Does it seem like every time you turn around or open up your wallet, you're shocked at the changes that have directly impacted your life in just two and a half years? There's something that you can do to protect the value of your hard-earned savings and retirement accounts. Contact the folks at American Hartford Gold and talk to them about your options in diversifying your assets. Empower yourself with opportunity. Hold on to the fruits of your hard work and protect your future. So do what I did and call the only precious metal dealers I trust, American Hartford Gold. Diversify your portfolio with physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside of your IRA or 401k. American Hartford Gold is the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call today and they'll give you up to $5,000 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Call American Hartford Gold today at 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text Dana to 998899. That's 866-887-1188. Or text Dana to 998899. You know, it really is astonishing hypocrisy. You've got Eric Adams, you've got the governor of New York, you've got the governor of Massachusetts, you've got the mayor of Washington, D.C., the mayor of Chicago, the mayor of San Francisco. All of them are discovering suddenly the burdens of Joe Biden's open borders and illegal immigration. And they're seeing thousands or tens of thousands and or even Ted hundreds of thousands been of illegal for forever. You can go ahead and turn him down. I don't want to hear it. Uh, the... It, and he's, he's the point about the situation with immigration and all of the weeping and gnashing of teeth that I hear from, you know, and you've you've been here. And in fact, it was a big uh, one of the big uh, things that they were trying. I watched like I accidentally watched like five seconds of MSNBC because I butt dialed the remote when I was sitting at my desk and. It was just, can you believe they're so mean? These these Republican governors, they just, uh, I'm just so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. Welcome to the show. It's Friday. Thankfully, it's Friday, so we can just be tired of it together uh, and then go into the weekend. Uh, starting this, the top of this program, Dana Lash with you, and you can listen coast to coast. You can stream the radio program as well, uh, and you can also uh, find us on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Channel 347, Direct TV as well. So the one of the big headlines that I saw that came out last night on this, and I wonder, this was LA Times. Check this out. I know. The Biden administration is now considering forcing people who enter the country illegally to remain in Texas. Ah, to stay in Texas. Texas. They're considering forcing them, according to this piece, people without any authorization to remain near the border in Texas while awaiting asylum screening. Asylum screening. You know, the the staying in, remaining in the country of origin is is actually how it goes. That's, That's actually how it's supposed to work. So this that's a, a huge departure here. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Hmm. I thought that they liked people who entered the country. So, I mean, I, that's what they were told. That's what we were told. That's what they had said with the sanctuary city stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So they said the it's the remain in Texas idea. They said it has yet to be finalized. And according to the piece, it's uh, the hope is that it would help the administration advance its goals of quickly deporting families who fail initial asylum screenings. The thing is about asylum, though, is that not everybody is granted asylum. 
It's like they kind of forget to tell people that. Not everybody's great. I mean, it's we've and we've talked about this before. It almost seems, you know, a waste of time to consider you know, to keep talking about it unless you just are tuning into the show. Just because you're you're claiming asylum doesn't mean that you're going to get asylum. There's like a whole thing that goes into it. So they said that it they're trying to say that it recalls Reagan's efforts to limit asylum seekers in the late 80s. I will say that under Reagan we had like a major uh, I mean, default amnesty. But I will also add, he had a Democrat Congress at the time as well. So take that what you, for what that for what you will. Uh, but this is because Biden's mad. Here's why. Here's why they're doing this. Here's why the the Biden's uh, administration's considering this. They also want to track people through GPS monitoring devices like ankle braces. Apparently, some whistleblowers are already are already telling the press what's going on about this. They said that. The families would be put through an asylum screening process to determine whether they could say, et cetera, et cetera. The reason that the Biden administration is doing this is because he's getting so much heat from blue state governors and voters in in some of these, you know, purplish kind of states. Uh, so they feel like they've got to do something to alleviate this because you've had Kathy Hochul go out there and say that they simply cannot sustain the you know few thousand that have been sent to them. Uh, you also have Eric Adams who's screeching, Gavin Newsom who's mad, people in Maryland who are angry, in D.C. who are angry, uh, and so Biden's getting a lot of heat from these from these uh, Democrat governors and Democrat voters. And so he's trying to figure out instead, he's not going to do anything at the border. He's just going to keep people in Texas. So he's going to, it's a twofer for him. He can alleviate the complaints and the concerns of these Democrat governors and the voters there while also simultaneously punishing Texas for daring to try to share the burden that, that we've and other border states have been forced to endure through this completely open border policy. And so I just, I tweeted this. How did I say it? I got to pull my tweet. How did I say this last night? Oh, I asked, why do Democrats, why do Democrats hate immigrants? So I said, I mean, seriously, though, wh- I mean, if this had been something that a Republican would have floated, uh, don't you think that well, the uh, amount of heat that they would get, what do you think that they would get? What do you think they'd get? What kind of c- criticism? Oh my gosh, you're forcing you're forcing these people to stay in Texas. Oh my gosh. You're forcing them to stay there. Remember, they also simultaneously say Texas is horrible and all these other states are absolutely horrible because of the conservative, I mean, limited government laws that have been passed. So which is it? I mean, which which is it? I'm very curious about this. They need to pick a lane. We're going to talk more about this here coming up because there's a lot more and uh, this, the ongoing uh, fighting over uh, people sending people who are entering illegally, because I just, again, millions of people crossing the border in, in, these border, in, in these border states and Border Patrol can't deal with it. The administration is purposefully withholding any additional resources to help staff and, and uh, provide uh, for Border Patrol. So what are these? I mean, what are you, honestly, what are you supposed to do? Now, yet we had said that uh, Greg Abbott was going to, he made this statement yesterday that they're going to appeal this judge's decision to remove the, the buoys. And I think, so now the, I, I pointed this out yesterday. Have you guys seen a, a lot, some of the big aerial footage? Because now a U.S. appeals court, so Abbott appealed this this happened yesterday evening. This was, it was, yeah, it was yesterday evening. 
And it was an ABC piece that first reported it. And they had said that a federal judge, because originally a judge said, no, the buoys have to be moved. Well, then an appeals court granted Texas the emergency stay, allowing the state to keep the barriers in place for now. I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but have you guys seen the photos of the said barriers? You know, the buoys. Have you seen them? Because the way that they talk about them, Democrats act like they run the entire damn length of the Rio. Have you seen them? Because I, I, I used the photo that ABC used. All right. I tweeted it out. I used this photo. And I noticed something that was quite interesting because, you know, they're not permanent structures. They're temporary, allowing Border Patrol to move them up and down the Rio as they see fit. But they keep saying barriers. Now, for those of you watching the simulcast, you are going to see the image in just a moment. But for those of you who are listening and not watching the simulcast, let me explain to you what the people who are watching the simulcast are seeing. So it's the an actual picture of the Rio. And you see this line in the river. That's those are the buoys. They're all like linked together. And it's just one little curve in the middle of the in the Rio. And then you have unopened river on either side. So imagine, I'm just trying to think of like if it's like a cranberry farm. You know how they have the little boot with around the cranberries and you can just literally walk around it and the outside of that. Okay, so why couldn't someone just literally swim around it? I mean, I'm looking at, and that's not the only aerial photo of these buoys. I spent an ungodly amount of time. I fell down the buoy rabbit hole. If you were curious as to whether or not one existed, it does. I'm not going to besiege you without, I was like, I'm not sending all this stuff to Juan because he's going to murder me the second I walk in the studio today because there's tons of these photos. Now, I'm not saying that it's not a, a good idea. You know, I'm all for any kind of force multiplier that Border Patrol wants. Get it to it. But the way that the media is talking about this, they act like this is worse than the literal, like actual metal or concrete wall that's being built on land they act like you're stopping the flow of the river and killing all the fish because they've thrown out every single thing that they can about the buoy situation oh my gosh you're stopping the flow of the river you're violating a treaty with mexico you're killing wildlife all of this stuff literally it's not even a mile and you can I mean, you can stand on the bank and you can see it and then you can turn your head ever so slightly and see the end of it and walk around it. So I I just got to point that out because, you know, what in the world? I just, you know, why can't you just go around the damn thing? The, the media is making this out to be like this is so crazy and that it it's actually just they act like it works better than a, a legit like an actual wall. But that's the way they're doing it. I, I had to share that with you because I was looking at all these aerial photos. And in fact, I found one photo. It had uh, uh, headlines and stuff over it from a website I don't like. But they it showed like actual uh, illegal immigrants like queuing up on the Mexico side of the border looking at uh, this is an aerial photo of buoys. And then you could literally just walk around, walk around the side because there's a real shallow portion. <laughs> I just, I can't. But this is the way the media is presenting it. It's insane. It's, ab- it's just, it's absolutely insane. So that's, that's like one of the big things that we're dealing with today. Now, uh, in addition to this, a couple of other things that we got to touch on, including 
All of this stuff with the masking, and we're going to try to get into some of the 2024 stuff with this too. I saw this yesterday, and I'm trying to figure out why. I mean, not why I saw it, but why this happened. I don't know if you saw this or not. The headline, uh, I think this is, Huff- this is a Huffington Post. It says, 13 presidential libraries issue a rare joint warning about U.S. democracy. The subhead. Their statement stopped short of slamming individuals as it called for a recommitment to the country's bedrock principles. So they had 13 presidential libraries going all the way back to Herbert Hoover calling for a recommitment to bedrock principles, including rule of law and respecting a diversity of beliefs, of, of, of belief sets. I, and I just, I thought this was kind of weird when I saw this because I thought, why would you be, why are you, why is this out here? Like it's, it's, why would you put this out now? The uh, Washington Post had, had pushed this and they were saying that, that, uh, oh, 14 uh, presidents signed on to this and they're calling for a uh, return to principles. We don't have 14 presidents alive. So that was a really dumb headline. But why did they do this now? And apparently, like, some of them actually made statements. They had uh, an executive director of the George W. Bush Institute. They had a joint statement, uh, the Eisenhower Foundation. They said the Eisenhower Foundation uh, didn't sign. They said they respectfully declined to sign the statement. Uh, They said that uh, they have no collection discussion about it, only an invitation to to sign it, and they just declined it because, you know, good on the Eisenhower Center. But why now? Like, if you were going to sit here and issue a statement, a theatrical statement about, returning to principles i would have just thought that you would have done it in 2020 when everyone lost their damn minds and were burning down entire towns i just thought that that's maybe when you would have done it we're going to talk more about this we got a lot of stuff to hit we got some 2024 we got some culture all kinds of stuff caltech invented the concealed carry category years ago with the p11 but did they stop there heck no one innovation just led to another and another and well just look at their latest the p15 it's the lightest thinnest double stack nine millimeter handgun on the market at only 14 ounces and seven eighth inches wide the p15 has a four inch barrel and double stack magazine that holds 15 plus one total capacity its gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for ambidextrous grip safety and easy accurate handling if you prefer a more vintage look choose the metal version with classic wood panels and textured grips the p15 has a tritium plus fiber optic front sight with a fully adjustable tritium two dot rear to keep you on target in any situation make the p15 your choice for concealed carry learn more at keltechweapons.com sign up for the keltech insider and get a 15 percent coupon for your next order of gear and accessories at keltechweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5. So on this day in 1504, Michelangelo's David was revealed in Florence. If you ever get a chance to go and see it, you absolutely should. It's very cool, and his butt is huge. Uh, Moving on, because that was important to say. The one-chip challenge. (laughs) Why are things so stupid? This is NBC. It's called the one-chip challenge. It's been... (sighs) So a spicy tortilla chip is accused... A mother's saying that this chip contributed to her son's death. They're called Packy. They're super spicy tortilla chips, and it's marketed as the one chip challenge. So, like, it's so spicy you can only have one. And a woman says it, that her uh, son consumed a single chip and it killed him. The chips are sold individually, and their seasoning includes the Carolina Reaper and another super hot pepper. But the Reaper is like the hottest pepper in the world. And each chip is packaged in a coffin shaped container with a skull on the front. And so a 14-year-old ate the chip, went to the school nurse with a stomach ache, passed out. He was pronounced dead at the hospital. The autopsy hasn't come in. But now the chip manufacturer, they're pulling them from the shelves. So I don't know why you would... That's like a novelty thing. I just... Uh, let's see. Also, this is interesting. AI-generated... An AI-generated song done by Drake. AI-generated Drake song is up for a Grammy nomination. It's a track made from an AI-generated vocal track of Drake, and it was submitted to the Recording Academy for Grammy nominations in two different categories. Uh, and it's from an anonymous producer called Ghostwriter using AI. And I, I, is this gonna? What if it wins? Like, what if it wins? Because then it's using AI. Oh, there's a lot of questions that are coming up here. Uh, so they said that uh, Universal's they sent a mass email to all these streaming services asking them to block AI. Uh, from harvesting melodies. This is going to be a huge fight. It's not just with films. Rescuers are racing to save a U.S. cave explorer trapped 3,000 feet underground in Turkey. He got uh, horrible, horrible stomach issues, and now he's like too weak to get out of the cave, and they're fighting to save him and keep him alive. we got a lot more on the way. Stick with us. Bottom of this first hour. Black Rifle Coffee Company, together with the Boot Campaign, are on a mission to raise $1 million to change the lives of veterans. Now through the end of the year, when you grab a can of ready-to-drink coffee, you can help contribute to making this massive donation possible. The Boot Campaign is one of the most renowned veteran-focused nonprofits in the country, working tirelessly to provide life-changing aid and benefits to service members and their families. Black Rifle Ready-to-Drink Coffee is available in several great-tasting flavors at blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana or at convenience stores nationwide. Whether it's the berry mocha, vanilla bomb, or espresso salted caramel, every can helps. Fuel your caffeine fix while making a huge difference in the lives of veterans and their families. Black Rifle Coffee Company is committed to serving the veteran community, and with your help, we can all continue to make a difference. Let's raise a can together and keep fueling Americans for a good cause. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com Dana. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com Dana. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. YouTube, Facebook, or DirecTV. If you're looking for the number one afternoon host in the country, you've found her. Download the podcast every day to catch up. The Dana Show. They feel the need to attack because they're scared that we will win based on the merit of the work that Joe Biden and I and our administration has done. Hmm. I've got theories. See, Kane's out until Wednesday, so I have to take the burden of wearing all the tinfoil by myself. And I've got some theories on why she's talking about this so much lately. First off, welcome back to the program. Dana Lashier with you, bottom of this first hour, getting you set up for the weekend. Here's a terrifying thought. Now think about this. This is a very terrifying thought. So imagine, let's just say 2024 doesn't go the way we want. And I really do think that Republicans are the biggest threat to Republicans, by the way. But let's just say that 2024 doesn't go the way that we want. Let's say that we don't have good turnout. Let's say that it's, it's comparable to what we saw in the special election in Georgia. Because turnout is what kills us, or lack thereof, rather. And let's just say that this barely sentient cocktail shrimp postured elderly huckster is reelected. Reelected, yeah. Let's just say. And what if he has, like, right, you know, what if he falls? I'm not, I don't want anything bad to happen, but, but I'm just saying, what if something happens? Kamala Harris is president. Or, Consider this. We're in the general election. And he has a campaign stumble or something or whatever. Maybe he literally falls. Who knows? He trips over another sandbag. And say that you have, you know, because we have all the early voting, which I hate early voting. I think absentee voting, if you're in college or uh, you're, you have military activities, anything like that, but otherwise, absolutely not. I don't believe in early voting. Uh, sometimes I'll have to early vote if I'm traveling, but I try to avoid it. And I literally, it's a little, little harder for your girl. Cause a lot of times I've had to be in New York and DC literally on election day. So, and I want to vote, but I, but Texas allows you to track your vote by the way. And I babysit that thing all the way up until it's counted. And I've had to do that twice because I've had to be literally on set doing election analysis day of election uh but that being said i i wish honestly that no mm -mm. but think of it like this say that you have the the campaign happening and it's in the general election and early voting is underway and then something happens biden can't he can't go on and it's kamala harris because she's the vp uh, incumbent and she's you know for all intents and purposes they have not signaled that they're going to change this she's still the vp going forward she assumes that role what what about all the people that early voted how does that work think about it think about it how does that work i know big thing right i that's why i think that she's talking about this so much 
because they're preparing her. Biden will step down. He'll win. He'll step down and then she'll become president. Democrats will be able to say, oh, we got first woman president, even though you didn't actually vote for her to be that. But whatever. It just really feels like that's what they're kind of angling towards. There's no way that you can look at Biden. Biden is older. He would running for reelection. He's older than the day that Reagan left office. I know. Now, Steve thinks she might replace Feinstein. I don't think she's going to go back to Senate. But Newsom could show up. Here's the interesting thing. Newsom and Kamala Harris, they've never been cozy. So she was kind of groomed by the Obamas. Do you remember when Barack Obama got in a lot of trouble? Because he went out, this was like, golly, I want to say around 2012, something. She was new, newly into the attorney general's office in California. And he went out there for a fundraiser and he uh, complimented her appearance. And uh, the feminist on the left got mad and said it was sexist. And, you know, I guess he should have told her she was a dog face. I don't know. But they've been they've kind of kept her close. They've supported her. They've raised funds for her. So she's kind of in that camp. Newsom isn't. Newsom is I, that would be very interesting to see kind of how that goes, because very clearly there are a number of very influential Democrats that want to keep him on the side. And I'm going to tell you, we make fun of him like he's a lazy town bad guy. Right. He looks like a bad guy. He looks like. The annoying older brother of Steph from uh, Pretty in Pink guys are Blaine, right? Blaine's his his the the guy who's always wearing the white linen suit that it was slightly crumpled. He looks like that guy's annoying older brother. But make no mistake, this dude is very well connected. I mean, he comes from one of the five ruling families of San Francisco. You you have the Newsoms, the Pelosi's, the Hearsts, the Gettys. I can't remember the other one. Uh, but those are the those are the families that and they're all very close. They're all intermingled. They're married to each other, etc. He is incredibly well connected. He's got a lot of money and he's younger than Harris and Biden. That would be a fight between them. And I don't she's not going to win because she's just not liked. Remember, When she was running in the primary, she had the highest unfavorability that they had ever seen of a Democrat in a primary. She would, I mean, she ranked at the bottom of some, uh, below some no names. I just, that's something to keep an eye on. But the more she talks about it, the more suspicious they get. It's weird. I just, mm mm-mm. Now, the White House has also refused, they did this yesterday, Karine Jean-Pierre, they refused to say that they're going to decouple the hurricane relief for Florida from Ukraine aid. This is a punishment to Florida. Keep this in mind. This is a major punishment to Florida. They are, they're mad at, they're punishing Florida before DeSantis. Now, they're mad because they said that DeSantis had rejected federal funds previously, uh, that they were, it was, uh, I can't remember how many billions, for climate change. But it was, that's what I was telling you about. It was the climate change uh, package that had all these strings attached and DeSantis didn't and uh, Florida Republicans did not want to accept that money because to accept it means you're then you're putting yourself under the thumb of the federal government with its climate change mandates. They didn't want to do that. They're like, we don't need that. We're 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 good. 
And now with the hurricane relief, people are saying, oh, well, you turned that down, so you must not need it. Or, you know, Chris Christie earlier this week, as we talked about, joined in with Democrats and was mad because uh, DeSantis hadn't supported the Sandy Relief pork bill, which uh, only, I think, what, uh, I think, I think it was measured like a fifth or something of it was actually going to go towards hurricane relief. And then even though they advertised it as being for immediate uh, relief, the rest of it wasn't going to kick in until the following year. And it was so burdened with pork that they were trying to add stuff to a supplemental emergency package, things that you would only include in a reevaluated budget. And so that's why it didn't get a lot of support. I mean, 150, we went over this, 150 million for fisheries in Alaska. They were giving Amtrak a $336 million bailout. Uh, They were spending a million dollars to buy new cars for the DEA. That's stuff that has nothing to do with Hurricane Sandy relief. But this that was just some of the stuff that made up the chunk that they were putting into that request. And one of the other things about it is that even though insurers estimated that the cost for Hurricane Sandy relief was between 20 and 25 billion, Obama requested 60 billion because of the pork. And so Chris Christie joined with Democrats back then and was beating Republicans over the head by not rubber stamping this. And he's still pissed about it today. So that Democrats have also used this. And then, of course, they use Chris Christie because Chris Christie got mad about it after uh, the the with the hurricane relief for Florida. He got mad about it again and brought this up. And the media was very excited to use Chris Christie to supplement their Democrat talking points on Florida Republicans and DeSantis and hurricane relief. And so the point being is that why in the world they're, they're, they're punishing Florida by trying to tie this to Ukraine aid. So why in the world, what does, what does aid for Ukraine have to do with Florida recovery? I know it's a rhetorical question. I mean, it, it really shouldn't, but that's, and they said yesterday through KJP that they are, they refuse to say whether or not they're actually going to do it, whether or not they're actually, and she was asked specifically whether or not the request is the is the administration willing to separate the request of hurricane relief uh, and the Hawaii wildfire relief and all of that, because it's not just Florida. They're also doing it with Hawaii, which is weird. And John Pierre said, quote, we are not going to get into hypotheticals here about decoupling anything at this time. So people in Florida can't get relief. People in Maui can't get relief until Ukraine gets its billions first. And you already have Antony Blinken that's pushing another billions package towards Ukraine. Hmm. Yeah. The IRS, in uh, a very interesting piece from Red State, is about to weaponize, weaponize AI against the citizenry. Now, there's a lot of stuff about AI. We were just taught, we just had a headline about how there's this AI generated song that's actually nominated for a Grammy, uh, which is it really much different from the auto-tune sludge that's out there now? But point being is that there are there's a piece from the New York Times that gets into how the IRS is going to utilize AI and uh, to for big money deals. The IRS commissioner told reporters in a briefing that, quote, there are complex cases for IRS teams to unpack. 
He said that the IRS has simply not had enough resources or staffing to address partnerships in a real sense. We've been overwhelmed for years. And so they said that they're using AI to help them identify patterns and trends, giving them greater confidence that it can find where large partnerships are shielding income. The kinds of audits that the IRS may not have been able to previously tackle. So they said that they're opening examinations of 75 of the country's largest partnerships that were identified with the assistance of AI. They're doing this by the end of the month. And they said that they have $10 billion in assets and these partnerships are going to receive audit notices in the coming weeks. And they're going to send uh, 500 compliance alerts to other large partnerships that they say have discrepancies in their balance sheets. And they said that they're going to use AI to track uh, tax evasion. Taxation is theft, by the way. I, I've made of, made of stuff on this. We're going to talk more about this as well. Plus, coming up, a military base, they were going to screen the Sound of Freedom, right? Julio Rosas has this story. They were going to screen the Sound of Freedom. And then the Military Times, a leftist publication, inquired about it and they tried to write. And then they wrote a story about it stating that the military was screening some QAnon story. No joke. I said, film about a QAnon story because apparently, you know, child trafficking, if you're against it, that's bad. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Catch the Dana Show noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on DirecTV channel 347. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of the United States. Do you know how political opponents to those in power are dealt with in third world dictatorships, banana republics, and communist regimes? Well, it's simple. The people in power use their police agencies to arrest their opponents for made up crimes in an attempt to discredit them, bankrupt them, imprison them, exile them, or all of the above. And if you're not paying attention, you may not realize that Joe Biden is using exactly those tactics to make sure that Donald Trump is not his opponent in 2024. Here's the problem. If these tactics end up working to keep Trump from winning or even running in 2024, it is going to be the last American election that will be decided by ballots rather than bullets. Oh, my gosh. Stop it. Stop. I don't hate the right wing watch thing. But I saw this clip. I'm like, no, he didn't say that. I know Mike Huckabee. And he's a very nice guy. I mean, his staff is very nice. He's got like a nice setup down there in Nashville. But dude, come on. I know that it's like irresistible to, you know, ballots and bullets. But no, let's not. First off, that's. Can I just say that when I hear people talk about civil conflict. These 
and I'm just talking about it's anecdotal. I'm talking about my own experience. The people that bitch and moan and say, oh, they're ready for a civil conflict and it's CIA chill out. It's like, you know, two people facetiously somewhat. I'm like, you, you couldn't, I couldn't convince you to come out and phone bank. You thought that was too burdensome, but you think that that would be easier? Shut up. That's so stupid. I mean, you, the problem was turnout. If you can't get people to go out and cast a ballot, you're not going to get them to go out for something much worse. So stop. I just think that kind of hyperbole, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think I don't, and I think it's unnecessary and I don't think it's accurate. And I also don't agree with them. I don't think that Biden is opposed to running against Trump. I mean, we've seen poll after poll showing that if people got to do it again, they're going to pretty much make the same decisions. Here's the other thing that's, that's, that people are missing about this. No one gives a rat's ass about national polls. I think a lot of people, and I, we have these heated discussions in my own home. People need to understand how this process works. This is, we're a republic, right? And this is, this is how we handle these elections going in. So we got our primaries. At this point, the only people who are making determinations about who the nominee is, whether you like it or not, are the voters in these early states. The primary and caucus goers in early states, that's it. No one cares. If you're not in an early state, it that's, and I'm not saying that I don't care. I'm saying it doesn't go into the total. By the time you get to vote, if you're in a later state, it's going to be already determined. So this is about the delegates. It's a delegate race in the early states. That's what this is about. So all the national stuff, which is being floated out, and a lot of these, I've told you, there are polls that I saw where DeSantis was up a lot, and I'm like, that's a BS poll. I don't buy it. There's polls where I see it shows Trump with an astronomical lead. I'm like, that poll's owned by a dude who's like one of his BFFs. That's an operative. That's a slanted poll with an abysmal sample size. It's BS. I call balls and strikes. I'm telling you, national polls are entirely irrelevant. They are irrelevant until next spring, late spring. They are totally irrelevant. Just telling you this. Actually, it's summer. They're relevant. Nobody cares. It's all about the delegates in the early states right now. So if you really want to have an impact, get involved. Get involved. If you're in an early state, get involved. That's going to be a lot easier than what he was suggesting in that, in that clip. Second hour on the way. Stick with us. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Providing weapons to Russia for use on the battlefield to attack grain silos and 
the heating infrastructure of major cities as we head into winter uh, to try to conquer territory that belongs to another sovereign nation. This is not going to reflect well on North Korea, and they will pay a price for this uh, in the international community. We have also imposed sanctions, specific targeted sanctions, to try to disrupt any effort to use North Korea as a conduit or as a source for weapons going to Russia. We did so as recently as mid-August. Hmm. So here we have NSA's Jake Sullivan saying that North Korea is going to pay a price if they give weapons to Russia. We had some interesting discussion about this clip before we came to air. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here, top of the second hour, and you can listen coast to coast to the radio program. You can also watch the simulcast on YouTube, Good Discussion, Facebook, and Channel 347 TV. So my first thought was, now you're going to try to go and rile those the short stack down there up? But it really isn't any different, as we were discussing. It, it, I mean, when Trump was talking about Rocket Man, I get it. It's, the, it's similar. I'm not opposed to tough talk. The problem is that when Trump was in office, we had the benefit of all of these tyrants believing that he was probably bat crap crazy enough to punch the red button. Whereas these, I don't think that this administration even knows what the color red is. Oh, is that the commie color? probably what they think i i that's the kind of the difference here and this administration is all about placation now the other thing too and i'm going back and forth on this we're giving weapons to ukraine i don't like north korea nor do i like russia i mean as so far as the kremlin and that and the commies there i don't like north korea they i mean for crying out loud that uh bull-cutted short stack fed his uncle to dogs that's a true thing that happened. They literally cannot keep the power on in the country. Only Pyongyang has lights. Their people are famously undernourished, malnourished and underfed. And they're just, they seem like they're nuts. I mean, the, it's a bunch of generals that have medals for God knows what, all on their jackets. And then you got short stack down there. I just, I don't get it. And his crazy sister, who's like the female version of Dr. Evil with no redemptive arc. So they're, if they give weapons to Russia, we're giving weapons to Ukraine. Do we really? Now, let me just speculate on this. I'm just, I'm, I'm having a conversation about it. I'm not making a statement. Do we, do I care that North Korea is giving arms to Russia? I mean, it's North Korea. What are they known for making besides failure and fear? Hmm. Uh, nothing. I mean, their rocket launches aren't really successful. They are kind of, I mean, they're, they're broke. They wouldn't exist without aid from China. They're used as an attack dog by the CCP. I really, I, I just think <laughs> whenever I hear, for instance, whenever I hear, uh, people on the left and they are gun control activists say oh military grade this military grade that and the joke is you actually don't want military grade anything because it's bad um i just think like what's north korea grade i don't know i just i i can you would can you actually depend on it to work but then Juan made a good point he was like well they're desperate that is true desperation can make something or someone dangerous 
go back to World War, to start a World War II. But leading up to Pearl Harbor, Japan was getting desperate. They were trying to expand their imperial boundaries and they needed to have the, the fuel and resources to do so, which is why they were looking to conquer any nearby nation that had any kind of resources that they could exploit to use to that, to that effect. And they were getting desperate with the, with the tariffs and everything else. They were, they were getting desperate and they were backed into a corner. And it was sort of a last, you know, a hail kind of merry for them. And they were, that desperation made them crazy. And there was Japan though. I mean, they were far more along than North Korea is now. But it is still, there's, there's a point to the, the danger in desperation. And I also think it shows the desperation of Russia. Because Russia is looking for any weak read that it can grab right now. Any dream that Vladimir Putin ever had of recreating the Soviet empire is just is gone. It's never going to happen. I mean, first off, he fed all of the young men into a meat grinder. And then secondly, he really lost, I think, the, the support of his people. They tried to, they, I mean, they, they tried to do kind of a Stalingrad 2.0 argument to get the people all uh, amped up to, to fight against Ukrainians. And that really didn't work well. And, and you remember that too, the, from World War II history, I was watching a great. I was watching a great document. Sidebar: We're going to take on a little trip. I was watching a great documentary about. I love. I'm a huge World War II buff, and I love. I've seen almost every documentary. There's one on Netflix. It's World War II in color. It's uh, halfway through. It's garbage. They have some of the stupidest people that opine on this, and they get so woke and so political. And I, I had to like speed through some of it because it was. I mean, you just had a bunch of know nothing woke people who were talking out of their backside, a la Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura. So. But there was one, uh, there's one doc, um, I think this was on Amazon, maybe it was on Amazon Prime, but it got into, it was looking specifically at everything with Stalingrad and that's, you know, ultimately where, where urban combat was, was kind of created uh, in fighting back against the Nazis who were really good at fighting for, from a distance and using artillery and they had to find a way to disable that or to make up for that. And so you lure them in, you get close, you take them out. So, but there, there was this propaganda effort at the time that they used and, and people in Stalingrad were already mad they were already kind of disillusioned after World War One they were they were tired they didn't want to keep going they they were tired of you know they were mad over the communism you know and they were mad about being broke and bread lines and everything else so they used this major massive propaganda campaign you know fight for the motherland against you know this horrible cruel invading force and it worked because they had so many volunteers and it was incredibly successful and it was one of the battles that kind of turned the tide for World War Two. And they are trying to recreate that with Ukraine, but it's not the same. It's not working. That's when you heard all about the not I, the, all they were trying to like revive that propaganda and use that. But it's it's not the same. And you don't I mean, they're all also not making great military decisions either. So I, I, I look at this. They look entirely desperate to the point where they're willing to debase themselves by being second fiddle to China. And yes. China's communist and you can sit here and say Russia isn't but you'd be wrong uh, and Russia's communist but they're not the same kinds of communism and and they were actually quite competitive and a little hostile towards each other for quite some time uh, at, uh, even uh, with all of that but 
the enemy of my enemy is my friend is kind of alive and well in that relationship. They're a little bit more than frenemies. And there's there's an uh, an alliance there. But China's being very careful about it. They don't want to look like they're cozying up to them too much. They want to try to look like they're, you know, going legit in the world, right? Nobody believes it. But they're desperate. They're uh, Russia's desperate enough to debase themselves that way. That's why I always reject a lot of the neocon arguments. Like, oh my gosh, Russia's wanting to expand, you know, Soviet stuff. And they talk about that like that's the bigger threat than China. I mean, China's China has more steam, for the lack of a better way to put it, than Russia does. And, I mean, just with the population alone, a war of attrition is possible. So, I, I, I don't under... The whole thing, it's just a weird... You get G20 happening right now. Uh, I think China's sending their premier, Xi Jinping, who's afraid of Winnie the Pooh. He's not going to show up. Uh, although, how amazing would it have been? I mean, his India's hosting. I think they would have allowed somebody to show up in a Winnie the Pooh costume to protest if Xi Jinping did go. That would have been amazing. But uh, I, I just, when you have Jake Sullivan talk about this, do you realize that to some people, going back to this, that it looks odd to say, well, if they provide this, this entity with weapons, that's bad. But we're providing the entity which they're fighting. I'm just strictly looking at logic. I'm not making a statement because I know everyone is so eager to use that as a way to disqualify critical thinking in this country. We're not playing that game. But do you see how the logic looks off balance here? That's my whole point. But that's what this administration's doing. It's inconsistent. They got so mad. Democrats lost their minds when Trump was talking about Rocket Man. Yeah, well, we'll just send a, you know, we'll go after Rocket Man. And he was just, you know, talking tough. Oh, my gosh. Democrats. Do you remember this? We covered it. We played like montages. They lost their minds. They had people convinced that you all were going to get nuked from North Korea. Oh, my gosh. They lost it. But this? How is this any different? This is what I'm talking about. This isn't whataboutism, which is the last refuge of the intellectually vapid. This is consistency. Where is it? That's the whole problem. Now, some of the other things here. We were talking about uh, IRS and AI. Speaking of military, Julio Rosas had this story. It's very interesting. So he writes over at Town Hall, U.S. Southern Command in Doral, Florida, was going to host two screenings of Sound of Freedom in August and October. But they canceled after the military times, a little bit left-leaning, inquired about Oh, it is too. I can hear someone say, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Inquired about it. The framing of the story that they had is like they parroted everything that Legacy Press was saying. They were trying to tie it to QAnon conspiracy theories and acting like it's just it's just a bunch of conspiracy theories, even though it's legit based on an actual story. It is literally based on a real story about child sex trafficking, which is a major problem. I mean, are people if you haven't seen it. I bought tickets for it, and I haven't gone to a theater to see it. I get real, when it, if the kids are animals involved, man, that's heavy for me. I get real upset. And uh, especially, and I, and I know it, and I've, re- I've actually watched uh, some docs about uh, the guy who, you know, really this all kicked off on. I mean, I, I, I think you need to support the film. If you can't go to a theater and see it, you need to purchase tickets anyway. But 
it and Jim Caviezel obviously is in it. Mira Sorvino, who I adore. I love Mira Sorvino. Uh, and uh, her late father, Paul. The because it's about tim ballard everybody knows tim i've met tim ballard before he's just um, that he can do what he does is is absolutely amazing and you know he's uh you know some of the stories and the things that he's gone through and these are all real things right these are all real they're real stories these are real things that are happening and i don't know why the military times would question the screening of this it was it's based on a real story. It has nothing to do with QAnon anything. I don't even know what the hell QAnon is. I honestly think it's a government psyop. I really do. I I I have theories on that. I actually think it was like some COINTEL Pro psyop where they were trying to like turn conservatives against each. I really do. I have like theories on this. But they I guess we're trying to say that because Jim Caviezel talks like a conservative this is probably QAnon, and you can you believe the military is going to do it so they they asked about the film showing southcom nixed the event and they sent an email out to the base that they canceled the free screenings to prevent the appearance of copyright infringement but no the film was you could view it at local you could i mean anybody could see it and they made it very very clear that they wanted people to screen it and the Military Times then went to say, oh, well, Caviezel's personal views are problematic to the nature of the movie. And then and then the Military Times cited Media Matters, the Soros-funded smear arm of the Democrat Party. It is Soros-funded. Go and look at Open Secrets. It's been funded. It was created with his cash through Tides Foundation, still funded. I have fought with Media Matters for 15 years. Yes, they are. How in the hell are you citing that? If you want to talk about QAnon stuff. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five. So a couple of things. Disney has dropped most of its lawsuit claims against Florida per CNBC. Uh, in fact, all they have now is a weak First Amendment claim. They're going to have to go to state court. And it's the last thing that they wanted to do. They made a big deal about the federal suit. So they're they're in a bad position. They did not want to have to deal with the contract issue in state court. Now they have to, which means they're not going to win this. So that's a huge win for Florida against Disney. Nancy Pelosi has said she's going to run for re-election. She announced that today. She's going to run for re-election. She's 83 years old. 83. She's going to run for re-election in the U.S. House. 
again. So, wow. That's, um, I mean, they literally stay there forever. A Roman sword over 19, over 1,900 years old was found, according to USA Today. It was actually, they found several in a Dead Sea cave. Ooh, excellently preserved Roman weapons tucked away in an isolated cave near the Dead Sea were discovered by Israeli researchers. The Antiquity Authority announced the find yesterday, saying that researchers originally entered the cave in hopes of photographing a prior discovery of ancient Hebrew words, and then they found all these cool swords. They're actually really cool. So I, I hope they clean them up and put them on display. We got a lot more still to come. Florida Man as well coming up later this hour. Stick with us. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. To catch up on all the headlines and crazy wokery, download the Dana Show podcast and get Dana's perspective on the Dana Show. I would note this because this is important. You know, Donald Trump's re-election campaign in October of 2020 was running ads bragging with Fauci saying Trump did everything I told him to do. They were putting that out. They were bragging about it. And then on January 19th, 2021, Donald Trump's last day as president, he gave Fauci a presidential commendation. So those were wrong to do that. Uh, and clearly, I think the important thing is this, looking forward, we need accountability for what went wrong because those people in positions of authority at the CDC, Fauci, though they lied about lockdowns, school closures, mask mandates, they were wrong. It did a lot of damage around this country. And I know that because the people that were harmed, a lot of them came to Florida and would tell us about it. So we need a reckoning so that this never happens to our country again. Ooh, oh, boy. Um, uh, well, OK, so I guess that was one of the first big. I was waiting to see when the Florida governor was going to ever go have match the energy, I guess, or not the energy, match the uh, slap. I don't know how to put it. Of the former president. Welcome back to the program. Dana last year with you. Bottom of this, whew, bottom of this, uh, the second hour. Well, there, there we go. So that's, I guess it's on. Bang a gong, it's on. My word. This is now the primary is going to get super, super interesting. Now look, regardless of what you think, I'm going to call balls and strikes here. So just buckle up. Because I'm probably going to make you mad with what I'm going to say. No matter what side of the aisle you are on in the primary, and I mean only on the Republican side, you know, the little aisle on the Republican side, you're going to get mad at me for something. So just get ready. So two things. Two things. The first thing. He's not wrong. The second thing. Yes, the people who are saying, well, wait, Florida also followed and did some lockdown. That's also true. You're right. Now, here's where it gets deeper. 
So, yes, he's not wrong. And, yes, Florida followed the White House edict. And in the early days, with some of these other states, certain things were locked down. Although, I know that they, I understand that they have a hierarchy in Florida and that you have certain counties, kind of like Texas, you have like, um, so we have uh, county judges here, right? So we have Clay Jenkins, who's horrible. Clay Jenkins is a, sidebar, Clay Jenkins is the Dallas uh, county judge. He's the guy who's like, no, we have to have mandatory masks and these things can't open. And then he was pictured have at a at a big old backyard wedding for his daughter, maskless, and everybody's partying maskless and all this stuff. And then Glenn Whitley, who's the county judge for Tarrant, the county that I live in, he's been replaced by Tim O'Hare, who's like, yeah, we ain't doing no more masks. It's never going to happen again. So Glenn Whitley, he was a, a quote unquote Republican. He also was like, no, mask mandates, all this stuff. And then he got pictured at... Uh, what are those things called? See, what are the things called that are, you, you wear like a flight suit and it and you basically lay over a, a, a vent and it throws you up in the air with wind? What's that? Like one of those places where you can go do that? Yes. Yeah, but it's like inside. He went with his kids, all maskless, all doing this stuff. When we couldn't go to church, he was doing that. So... There were, it's kind of, there is a hierarchy in Florida that is similar to Texas where you have different areas that, and the uh, governor was allowing those people in certain, in Florida, like in Texas, all right, you're going to admit, you're going to have this administration over your area and be able to make that determination because that's the hierarchy that you have to observe when you're in elected office. Then he started fighting with them though, when they got, when they were really going nuts and kept like in Miami, the Miami mayor kept the beaches closed. Now here's the difference. And I told you, you're going to get mad at me. I realize that everybody's attention span. It's Friday, but I want you to hold your horses. Here's where it's different. Yes, DeSantis is a thousand percent correct in a soundbite. And yes, Florida in the early days followed the edict that everybody else followed. However, they also followed the science. Do you remember? And it wasn't just Florida. I don't want to. I don't want to overlook some other Republican states that did similarly. Uh, Georgia was one of them. Do you remember when? The uh, Florida governor and others jettisoned a lot of these federal um, CDC people that were in the that had been dispatched to advise. They got rid of them and they just had their Florida medical experts because they thought you guys aren't following the science. You're politicizing this. This is no longer truth based or helpful. They saw pretty early on that, okay, this isn't going to work to mitigate anything. Uh, They they followed the White House's edict, the president's edict, and then they also followed the science. And when science diverged from what the edict was, they continued following the actual science and everything and then reversed everything, opened it up, stopped with this, so stopped with all the social distancing and that. Now, the reason that we know that this is true, unfortunately, is because the White House got into a spat with Florida about it. And not just Florida, they also got into a fight. I think it was also, what, South Dakota and Georgia that they were arguing with. They were arguing with Republicans in South Dakota, too. I'm just, I'm telling you this because we're calling balls and strikes. There's going to be, I guarantee I'm going to make you mad on something. So there was a letter that had been sent to, from the White House to Florida, from the Trump White House to DeSantis in Florida, demanding the reinforcement of the mask mandate and social distancing. This was in 2021. Washington Examiner obtained the letter. 
and the uh, uh, Florida administration was told that, quote, aggressive mitigation must be used with uniform implementation of two to three ply well-fitting masks and strict physical distancing. I'm quoting it verbatim. And they were saying that they needed to do this in order to improve their virus response. At this point, the governor's office had lifted all of the coronavirus restrictions on all of the businesses, all of the restaurants, and fines were banned. Now, you will remember they were fighting with different county administrators over this. Because some parts of Florida, some elected officials, wanted to implement fines. And they were threatened by the governor's office. And at that point is when CNN and MSNBC, and I'm looking at other articles that I have saved, they were accusing him of being a tyrant and saying that he was overstepping his bounds and ignoring the hierarchy of elected office in Florida. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And there was a radio interview in which... uh, Or no, there was a radio... So they had... So this letter went out and they were saying, don't delay rapid immunization. They sent um, and it was the the White House sent. They said, don't delay rapid immunization. You need to be aggressive and act. You need to be active and aggressive with immunization. They demanded the state maintain public confidence and maximize vaccine acceptance to address persistent vaccine hesitancy. That is verbatim from the letter. And. The administration, and this is in January of 2021, added, quote, Florida must increase both statewide and local public mitigation, increase communication around the importance of personal mitigation with masking, physical distancing and avoiding family gatherings. So Florida did not do that. Georgia also did not do it. And when Georgia reopened the White House uh, at a coronavirus task force press briefing on television, the president said that he had, quote, strongly disagrees with the decision to open certain facilities. And they thought that they should still have certain things be closed and the masking and the distancing. Now, look, I get in the early days that people didn't know what the hell was going on. And we were absent. We, we had, uh, we lacked a media that normally the function of the media wouldn't be for state to, to champion status. It would be to inform the people for whom it works. I get that. But the, as science started, to, actual science started to become clear, that the masking was not working, that the vaccines weren't actually preventing transmission, and there were a lot of issues that were going along with it. There were certain people who said, okay, this isn't working and we're not going to do this. We're not doing this. And they stopped. There were others who didn't and still insist that it worked today. And the difference in how long the White House kept to the narrative of masking and social distancing and vaccinations and how states like Georgia and Florida did not 
There is a difference that is undeniable. I don't care how much you love the former president. I don't care how much you like DeSantis. We are conservatives because we base our opinions on fact. When we stop doing that, honestly, I think we cease becoming, we cease being conservatives. I really do. Then we become like the left, personality and emotion. These two things are undeniable. And I don't think that you can retcon the story on this and rewrite the history on this. And that's one of the things that, you know, we, I see people trying to do and I'm like, we live this. I had friends, my kids had friends who literally left Texas, even Texas, because Texas was closed and decamped to Florida. I had friends who took their kids out of New York and went to Florida because their schools were open when schools in Texas weren't open. I mean, we live this. You, you, you can't tell me something the exact opposite of what I literally lived through. And I get it, you know, that in the early days, DeSantis followed the White House edict. But when science became clear, he stopped. And that resulted in the fight with the White House and not just with Florida, but with other states. People remember this stuff. So I think it's important to, 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 A, not retcon this, and be accurate about it. Know what you're supporting, especially if you're saying it's for limited government. We got Florida man on the way. Told you I was going to make everybody man. But you got to call balls and strikes. Where does the radical left's beliefs on sex and gender come from? Pastor Alan Jackson explains. We had a sexual revolution, and then we implement birth control, which was going to eliminate unwanted pregnancy. There would be no unwanted pregnancies. There would be no abortion. Immorality doesn't, that's not how that plays. The further we came from a biblical view of sexuality, the higher the abortion rates come. Let's put it this way. They wanted orgasms without responsibility. Subscribe to Culture and Christianity, an Alan Jackson podcast on your favorite podcast app. The Supreme Court rejects 14th Amendment arguments for kicking Trump off the ballot. The Biden administration admits secretly flying 320,000 illegals into the country last year, and some unhinged never-Trumpers want to ruin the lives of people seeking a no-labels third-party candidate. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day, and hopefully a lot of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. So have you heard of these stories? And these are some of my favorite stories where you have like dogs that warn people of, you know, fires or, uh, you know, these pets that that help their owners avoid disaster. Okay, you're usually dogs, right? Every now and then there's a cat. I think we all saw the video of the cat like trying to keep the kid from going down the stairs. What about a turtle? No, that's an actual true story. So let me tell you about the Florida tortoise. A tortoise helped a local family escape floodwaters during Hurricane Adelia. Shore Acres, Florida. When the hurricane hit Florida at the end of August, the storm caused major flooding and destruction. And uh, according to ABC Action News, one family, the Bader family, they evacuated with their three storms before the storm hit. And they said uh, the dad stood there. He understood his risks, he said. Uh, he said he was sleeping. Water started filling the family home. But he was able to get out because of Raphael, the family's pet tortoise. 
The 10-year-old reptile woke him up as the floodwaters began to rise. He said, the dad said, quote, he was banging all 70 pounds of himself on the slider just trying to get away from the water. He's a land tortoise. He's not a turtle. So they don't live in the water. So he moved Raphael to higher ground for his safety and evacuated on a canoe with his dog, cat, whatever else he could grab. You didn't evacuate the pets with the family? Like, the hell's wrong with you? You, you send the dog and the cat and the tortoise with the mom and the kids if you're going to stay there. What in the world? They go, now, flooding is not what happens in short acres. You know, they said that, you know, the storms kind of sit around, but they go, it's a real flood. He, the losses were extensive. They lost everything in their house and their car. But guess what? The pets and the family tortoise, they all survived. I mean, he had like a little Noah's canoe here going through the floodwaters. I'm glad they were okay, but... I mean, man, first off, how do you sleep in a storm like that? His tortoise woke him up. That's kind of crazy. All right, this is (sighs) worst aunt ever, probably. Yeah, local 10. A woman stripped nude and jumped in the water holding her three-year-old nephew to avoid arrest. By the way, she looks like a dude. Uh, Miami police rescued a woman Thursday morning. They said she stripped and jumped in the water holding her three-year-old nephew to avoid being arrested. Now, police said they were initially called, it was early in the morning, after a vandalized floodlight on the Baywalk, and that's when they encountered Natalia Marina, 27, her sister and her sister's son. The three jumped down a seawall to try to escape officers, but Marina took the escape to a whole other level. She took off her clothes and jumped in the water with her nephew. And they said they it was disturbing because this kid trusts his aunt and she just literally threw him in the water with her. Uh, they said that Marina swam across the bay toward Brick- Brickle Key and Marine Patrol pulled her and her nephew out of the water. So there I mean, there's like apparently like video of it. I mean, she like threw the kid was crying. I mean, he was terrified. I mean, why in the world? Why? And it was in Dade County, which, by the way, there's like a whole Instagram account of arrests and stuff. Uh, and it's called Only in Dade. Just going to say. That's, hmm. Uh, let's see. This, um, a man is accused, oh my gosh, of t- killing his teenage son with a saw. His 16-year-old, Polk County Sheriff Stephen Lee Rada, was living with his grandfather to help him while his grandmother was in a rehab a facility. And the father, apparently, uh, when the grandfather came home after visiting his wife, His 37-year-old son told the dad, don't go outside the mobile home. I killed someone. You may need to call the police. They found a heavy-duty saw. This is horrible. He was totally arrested. I think he has an extensive criminal history and I think should be put to death immediately, my opinion. Oh, my gosh. A Florida man. Let's just go to this one. (laughs) He was on a Lux Nantucket yacht. The Florida doctor was busted with guns, drugs, and prostitutes. He literally had Hunter's dream here on this yacht. And, uh, oh, and all kinds, uh, more than just cocaine, too. Uh, police responded to a call about a woman's possible overdose on a petite super yacht, and they uh, arrested its owner, a physician who retired in Florida. Uh, Scott Burke faces a dozen drug and firearm charges. I mean, he was living Hunter Biden's dream. It's what was happening. Third hour on the way. Don't go anywhere. The president's going to mark the anniversary of September 11th attacks this year in Alaska, as you just mentioned, with, with service members and their families. And uh, as he does every year, as he's done every year, he plans to honor the lives lost and the families and loved ones who still feel the pain of the terrible day. It's kind of weird that he's going to be in Alaska. I think this is like the first time since 9-11 that 
a president isn't going to be at one of the sites for the observance of the worst terror attack on our nation's soil. That's KJP yesterday. Welcome back to the program. Top of this third hour on Friday with you, Dana Lash, your lovable curmudgeon. Listen coast to coast, stream the show, YouTube, Facebook, or on a streaming device. Watch the simulcast as well, uh, video online, and uh, Channel 347 TV. It is a little weird that he's not, isn't it weird that he's not going to be, I mean, he's going to be in Alaska. I just think it's kind of odd that he's not going to be at one of the sites. And, you know, I it, to me it seems a little, that's not in keeping with tradition. I mean, typically that's, you know, where they go. I, I don't know, it's just the whole, it's just the whole thing is weird. The whole thing is, is it seems kind of odd to me. Uh, now, a couple of other things. Speaking of Bidens, right, uh, audio soundbite nine, the charge that's coming for the president's son supposed to be the indictment by september 29th on the gun charge i said yesterday when we were talking about this on air that i really feel like this is the uh, weakest thing they could have gone at him on and it's also the easiest thing that they could go at him for because it doesn't it's the only thing that doesn't implicate joe biden Uh, Everything else is the tax evasion and all the other stuff with the businesses in which Joe Biden is absolutely involved in. So this is like the only thing that he's that he's unrelated to. So they get the appearance of of some sort of application of justice, but without at the same time compromising the president of the United States with these other indictments that are absolutely directly related to him. And CNN, they're talking about this charge Uh, In this short clip, listen to what they had to say, because I don't know if I feel like they're kind of I feel like the only reason that they're saying, oh, yeah, whistleblowers were right are for the reason that I said, because this is the only thing that they can get him on that's unrelated to Biden. So they'll take it. Listen real quick, Ellie, as Evan said, a sitting president, his Justice Department likely indicting and trying to take to trial his son, the president's son. Yeah, Dan, DOJ has given me whiplash on this one because six weeks ago they were they did walk into court and they were ready to get rid of this case for a misdemeanor and dismiss the gun charge. Now they're about to indict him for a felony gun charge, which would likely carry jail time if there's a conviction. The only conclusion that I think is consistent with all this is that the whistleblowers were right. Well, I mean, I think we knew that they were right all along. It was just whether or not they were going to actually do anything about this. Uh, that's going to be it. I'm really curious to see how this all comes out. And like I said, they're going to apparently this indictment's going to come by September 29th. So we'll see. But it is the easiest thing for Democrats to do. It's obvious. It also it helps them in a number of different ways because it neutralizes any criticism that they would get uh, over compromising their gun control agenda, which they're trying to make into another election year issue. They think that serves them well. That's what Democrats always default to is gun control and racism whenever they don't have anything else to run on. So it it prevents their narrative from being compromised on gun control. So they don't look like they're soft on, you know, people who flout federal law on falsifying uh, 4473. It preserves the uh, deniability with Joe Biden because it's the singular thing on which they can't get him on. And so that's the I think that's why they decided to go back and upgrade it. They went back to it and they just and they did this because they thought, well, we're going to have to do we're going to have to do something with him. We're going to have to do. That's why I'm just not totally stoked about this. I'm not I'm not totally I, I 
I, I want to watch it. And I think that he's, he's uh, due. I mean, obviously, because there are so many other people that for so much worse. But I think that he's actually, because I, I think he's still getting a pass on this. Now, we'll see what the penalty is, but I ultimately still feel like he's getting a pass on this. So this grand jury indictment related to the gun charge, I was looking at the status document, and uh, it was uh, in response to this uh, August 31st order. And this is what he was supposed to get, like sweeping immunity on, all all this crazy stuff. I still think that if you compare it to anybody else, he w- it's it still because he almost he almost got past these charges. And I don't even think that he's going to get a real punishment for it. I mean, he'll, he could get I mean, they'll charge him. But do you honestly think that they're going to give him the full force of a penalty for this that they would someone whose last name wasn't Biden? That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I still think he's going to skirt on it. They're just doing this to make it look like they're doing something. And then they're going to wash their hands. They're going to wash their hands of it. And that's going to be it. They're going to be done with it. That's it. That's it. Not, and, and nothing else. Just wild. But that's what that's the reality of the situation. That's the truth of it. Now, a couple of other things. I want to make sure we got some other good audio that I want to make sure that we hit too as well. Uh, also, this... Hang on, let me pull this up. I saw this piece because you know they've been uh, having the impeachment of the Attorney General Ken Paxton, which I think is ridiculous. I saw, what was it, John Cornyn was saying, uh, the Republican senator of Texas, who's super unpopular in Texas, but somehow managed, he got more votes than Trump because a lot of people in Texas uh, voted for Republicans, but didn't for the, they just didn't for the presidency. That's what I'm saying. We got a real problem here that we got to talk about going towards 2024, depending on how the primary goes. So he had said that that Paxton's some of Paxton's surrogates had said, well, everybody knew what he was dealing with when he ran for a reelection, which is true. Cornyn was disagreeing with that. So now this is an actual headline. I think this is hysterical. It's over at Mediate. Texas AG kept a blacklist of journalists, reveals a whistleblower at the impeachment trial. What a pansy headline. Every politician keeps a blacklist. The current president has a blacklist of journalists. Everybody has. Uh, that's, is this person who wrote this piece new to politics? Everybody has one. Now, I don't know if they keep them all like in lists or if they're committed to memory, but this isn't anything new, nor is it anything bad. And how dare someone not entertain every byline associated with Pravda? So they had, they said it was eye-popping to hear during the Paxton trial that they had a blacklist of reporters. So, and, is this supposed to be earth-shattering? They said it was brought up when uh, Paxton's attorney was reviewing text messages, and a reporter for Dallas Morning News was referenced as someone, and someone suggested she was on the blacklist. I, I mean, this is commonplace. These people are, I love, by the way, if you want to talk about blacklists, let's talk about blacklist that Democrats have of people that they would send the IRS after if they disagreed with them about politics. I just think that blacklist is probably a little bit more important. Don't you think so? Or what about the DOJ's blacklist of parents uh, that they used and uh, with the FBI to tag as potential domestic terrorists for simply disagreeing at school board meetings if you want to have a discussion as to how dangerous a list is? 
for crying out loud. This is so stupid and petty. Not that he did it. I mean, hell, there are people that I have uh, committed to memory on a mental list of people that I don't like and I wouldn't give any attention to. This isn't anything new. It's not anything new. Gosh, these people are so damn boring. All right, 2024. A lot of people are talking about Christy Nome. She's been on the show, governor. I don't dislike her. I don't think that she is this amazing conservative. And I don't know why. Doesn't she have like a 58% heritage score or something like that, her, her record? From what I understand, I was I, I, I don't know why um, in South Dakota, I think that there's going to be some there going to be some retconning here. She's been on the show before after she had uh, a lot of heat on her over the trans stuff, because remember, she had vetoed one of the trans bills uh, protecting women's sports. And there was a lot of conservatives, uh, everybody from over at the Federalist and I mean, pretty much across the board, people who disagreed with her and. Uh, there, I know she was saying that, uh, you know, she had vetoed it uh, for certain technicalities, et cetera, et cetera. But she doesn't have, I know that she's portrayed as this super hardcore conservative, but she's not really a hardcore conservative. And I'm, I'm not, I, I, because I know Trump's going to South Dakota. I, yeah, Trump's going to South Dakota and I think he's going to be at an event with her and, I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure if he were to pick her as a VP, I think he opens himself up to some criticism. And I, I'm one of my friends, Mark Thiessen, thinks that she's fine. Mark and I, I get along with Mark great. I've known, known him for years. We don't agree on everything. He's a little bit more moderate than I am. But she's had what I think a 58% score when she was in the house for her district. And that was her lifetime score was 58%. A friend of mine called her the Kamala Harris of the Republican Party. And they've, uh, there was, I know that she allowed businesses to have vaccine mandates. There are a couple of other things. I'm looking back on my notes on this from when she was on the show. Uh, after she also ordered non-essential public employees to work from home. And this was after they had the first their first positive case that was confirmed in the state. Uh, they had an, an EO that closed retail businesses. She was trying from what I understand, she was trying to keep the state closed and her Republican legislature steamrolled her on it. Uh, she was telling the public uh, to this is this goes back all the way to this is the Mitchell Republic. This piece goes all the way back. I'm going to get a date on this. April 21st, 2020. She was, this is the local press. SD governor urges public not to attend North Sioux City racing event. I mean, she was, she was, you know, pushing. Now, again, earlier on, there were some governors that followed some of these edicts, some more than others. But she was not on the forefront of doing some of the really good stuff there. I mean, they were, they were, I mean, her, they were still closed. They still had school closed, uh, schools closed in her state as late as like 2022. So, and this was, uh, this is from a lot of their local press and some conservative sites too. They mandated masks all the way up until 2021. This was even after uh, South Carolina had banned it. They had totally banned masks in their, in their schools. Uh, that's via today.com. And she never, the first time she ever criticized Fauci was in February of 2021. I'm not even getting into the trans stuff yet. 
because that was the whole big thing. The Federalist Project has a huge, and I want to add the Federalist, the Federalist website's a pretty pro-Trump site. Uh, they had a, a lot of criticism because she balked at the trans issues. She was on the show with me about that. And I was very nice when I interviewed her, but she was at odds with a lot of conservatives over that. Um, she's playing the game of Thrones is what she's doing. She's playing it so that when she leaves the governor's office, she still has a, perhaps a career outside. She's angling for VP. Know that. She is angling for VP. I think Nikki Haley, to an extent, is also. But she, Christine Ohm, really wants to, and this is Trump doing one of two things. He's testing it out, but he's also doing this very publicly as a way to sort of spur more competition for his attention from any other potential VPs that he would have. I I don't think that he she would I think if he was if he were to pick a woman for his VP I don't think that she would be the best one she's very moderate and that and especially the stuff that she her record on COVID and that with the criticism that he's gotten from Fauci with the White House that he needs to not do that he's got to shore himself up. How much do you spend from your paycheck in about 100 days? The Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. The federal government is on pace to spend over $1 trillion per every 100 days. Are Speaker Johnson and congressional Republicans doing anything about it? Enough is enough. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five. So a general, Charles Q. Brown Jr., got a lot of, a lot of uh, names in his name. He wrote a memo to Air Force personnel saying that service members should safeguard national security information from China because their military is targeting American troops and vets for an exploitation campaign and news that is totally not new. It's kind of obvious. I think that that's like something that they've, I mean, we've kind of known that they've been doing that. Uh, California becomes the first U.S. state to recognize Transgender History Month. Transgender History Month. They've passed a resolution to recognize August. And they said that they, oh, why? Uh, They said uh, it's set to be recognized initially next year. Okay. And I hate the phrase lived experience. Isn't that redundant? Isn't that a redundant lived experience? Jimmy Fallon apologizes to the Tonight Show staff following a report on erratic behavior in a toxic workplace. He says, it's embarrassing and I feel so bad on a Zoom call. Apparently, he is just horrible to people who work for him. He doesn't seem like that, right? Not at all. And a UFO hotspot map shows ties to war zones and atom bombs. Woo. Between Twitter, Facebook, or any of your social media, there's a lot of information out there. That's why your lovable curmudgeon is here to help you make sense of it all, live or on demand, The Dana Show. Mr. Secretary, I do appreciate that, but who's paying for that cost? Well, as I said before, the deficit reduction uh, is creating space for uh, policies that open the door okay. to access. But let me let me shift a bit I, to I just the understand. students that I spoke to yesterday. I do. I, do, I want to hear from them. I want to. Big issue. I want to hear about that. But I also just want to sure. level with the American people. That cost is federal government pays for it. Taxpayers. 
Right. It's part of the uh, president's uh, plan, which also includes deficit reduction. You can't discuss what uh, the costs are without talking about how the deficit has been reduced. Yeah. And what we're hearing from the American people who are drowning in debt mm -hmm. and can't buy a home and at the economy because of college costs. Yeah, I totally understand that. I'll also uh, note that the federal budget deficit is now expected to balloon to two trillion dollars for the fiscal year. Hmm. How interesting is that? Miguel Cardona, who is the education secretary, is saying, well, you know, it's it's very difficult for people to buy houses and do all of this other stuff because of the cost of education. Well, who was it in Congress that voted to nationalize student loans, thereby making them more expensive, driving up the cost of college? It was under not last administration, but the administration before that administration. It was under the Obama administration when Joe Biden was vice president and they led this push to nationalize student loans, having the government control the cost of college, essentially. And that skyrocketed the cost of tuition. And there still hasn't been any relief, despite all of the lip service that they pay. Instead, their solution is to have taxpayers foot the bill. And as we and others have broken down time and time again on this program, the people who are seeking relief for student debt, those are people who are going to grad school. It's like over 80 something percent of the student loans are people who are going to grad school. These are grad school loans for and, and, and the people who are seeking them are from pretty well-to-do socioeconomic uh, statuses. So mm, they're, they don't really need it. And instead, it's the people who are working hard that are forced to pay for it. It creates this, it, it, this manufactured aristocracy of sorts. That's what it does. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. That, and I, weirdly, that was CNN that was pressing him on that. Anybody else find that kind of odd? There was CNN that, that was pressing him on that, that was saying, well, wait a minute, who's paying for it? Because it is taxpayers that are paying for it. You have people struggling now to send their kids to college. I did read, I'm going to see if I can pull this up. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I did save it. I, saw, I read this story, and it's talking about Gen Z and uh, colleges. I'm going to pull it up here. Gen Z, and uh, they're basically not going, not as many of them are going to college as previous. Uh, it's the declining college interest persists. Business Insider, there are a number of, I mean, there's actually a fast company. Gen Z doesn't care about uh, getting a four-year college degree. Gen Z doesn't care about college. There is a difference that I will say this. I do think some things you need to go to college for. Like if you're going to be a doctor and you're going to cut up people and rearrange your guts, yeah, kind of want you to go and have higher education. You know what I'm saying? I think for some things, uh, law schools and things like that, I think you do need uh, you do need that. But not everything does. And not everybody's made for it. Here's what's different, though. And I will say the good side and the bad side of social media, I can't, I haven't yet been able to determine if it's net good or net bad the internet and tech and social media combined. And the reason I say this is because the moment that I feel as though I've reached a conclusion that it's bad, then I see what other generations are able to use it for to get around the burdens placed upon them by my parents' generation. Sorry, 
there i i know there's a lot of conservative boomers out there y'all been fighting real hard and you know god love you but there were a lot of progressive boomers out there okay a lot of progressive clinton kind of boomers out there that did a lot of stuff a lot of the people in the senate progressive boomers that decided to nationalize student loans and you had some uh, conservative boomers that fought really hard against that but the reason i say this is because so there was a report Actually, there were a couple of reports. The one that I'm looking at right now, because there was a nerd wallet one. There was one from uh, Student Clearinghouse Research Center. I'm just going through because uh, I'm, I'm, my point in telling you all of this is that it's it's kind of widespread. It's not just one survey. There's actually several over a, a span of two years. And I don't think it's an aversion to higher education. I think Gen Z is being very financially smart. Uh, Fortune Magazine did a piece on this that I had saved uh, at the start of this year where it said they don't necessarily need a college degree for a successful career. And that's because the employment landscape has changed to where you have more opportunity as an independent contractor now than you did ever before. And with a lot of the services and opportunities that exist by way of tech and internet and all this other stuff a lot of people are really uh they're they're doing it themselves and the pandemic expedited this it expedited the exodus away from universities so student debt total student debt is like what two trillion and a lot of big employers have been dropping degree requirements when I was graduating high school in the in the late 90s, it was not like that. It was you, I mean, it was still expected that, I mean, this is a very new thing. They said that there are 1 million fewer college students today than there were in 2019. So you have people who are, I don't, I hate the phrase content creator. I just can't stand it because I think it, it, there's, I don't think it accurately discusses what is being done. Like I've seen some really smart, like for instance, um, I have seen smart content creators that uh, teach you uh, like the next generation about, you know, basic home repair. There's stuff on carpentry. There's stuff, women have stuff where they, uh, they uh, from of all ages, where they talk to women about how the, the best way to, style yourself or do your hair and makeup within this particular budget or this or that there's like something for everybody i just really started to watch this uh italian chef do all of these like very simple italian dishes because i eat super clean like i have uh the only dairy sometimes i'll have some cheese but i i don't do dairy i just do red meat and um i do red meat and vegetables that's all i do and no processed sugar nothing and I've been wanting to find, you know, I've, I've been trying to kind of a modified paleo because they do like pasta and Italy ruined me. So I've been watching this and he just does these like really quick, like, you know, 60 to 80 second video. I mean, that's the kind of that I think is smart and people can make livings off of this. And it's like a new way to consume information. In some instances, it's like the new publishing because our attention spans have shrank. People don't sit and read. I think a very particular type of people sit and read giant books anymore, which is kind of sad. But uh, there's my point is that there's so many opportunities out there. I think that Gen Z doesn't have to wed themselves to the old formula of success. And they don't, they definitely don't. And that's why they don't care. 
It's not because they're lazy. I just think that they just, they have a reason for this declining interest. So I thought that was kind of, it could because so few of them, and they're making like six figures. Like there's this chick who's in nail tech and just off of the stuff that she puts online, she makes six figures. That's crazy. There are people who watch video games and, and play them and test video games out and they make a ton of money. I mean, there's, and people now, especially young Gen Z, they don't know people who are on television. They don't know TV stars or even movies. They know the people, they know the stuff I was just talking about, like people on YouTube and people on TikTok and people on uh, Instagram. I mean, they have like, for instance, there was a guy who uh, they talk about Gen Z immediately, like this one guy they talked to who left his high school and went to HVAC. And he's got a super amazing, like he's set for life. This dude is set for life. He goes, I didn't want to come out with a six-figure debt and then, you know, get go into a job where I'm not even using my degree. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's so many of these stories and people don't have to rely. And I kind of like that. I kind of like... So in some ways, I don't want to denigrate it too much because I think it's giving them a leg up on these bad progressive policies who have have made it to where they have to be super creative to get around this stuff. But I do think, like I said, if you're cutting people open and you're rearranging guts, yeah, I really want you to go and get as much education about gut rearranging as possible. You know what I'm saying? I just I need you to do that. But I think if you're going to get a doctorate in a humanities course, you're a I'm sorry if you have one. I think it's idiotic. And I'm not calling you a doctor. I won't do it. Unless you can prescribe meds or rearrange guts. Ain't doing it. All right. Uh, I have a couple more. I have a couple more things that I want to get into. uh, Because uh, I don't know if I'm going to have time for all of this. I'm making sure that you're set up. Also, sign up for the the newsletter over at Substack Chapter and Verse. Because we have some stuff going out to you before the week's end. So you're going to want to. Uh, you're definitely going to want to go and do that. I had to, I have to share this one real quick. This is, here's my law and order one. I don't know if you guys heard about this. This was in Minneapolis. I remember this story because I had her as a uh, headline. She's a, uh, the chairwoman of the Democrat party in Minneapolis. And she led, she was one of the people out there in the street uh, leading the effort to defund the police, right? She's uh was the vice chairwoman for the Minnesota Democratic Farmer Labor Party, which is basically like sprinkling sprinkling, uh, glitter on the word moron. So she had called for, you know, since uh, uh, the George Floyd stuff, for defunding the police. Well, then she posts on Facebook on Wednesday that she was, quote, violently carjacked by four men, young men. She said very young men who were probably in illegal possession, carrying guns. She said they assaulted her in front of her kids at home in broad daylight. And she says she has a broken leg, uh, bruising. I mean, she like they beat her up. And she says they're doing this on our streets and I'm part of the statistics. And she's like, we need to do this and we need to prosecute them and we need to arrest them and take them into custody. Now, girl, you called for the defunding of the people that you want to go out there and arrest them now. So she ended up thinking the Minneapolis 4th Precinct officers who helped her. And she thanked the police officers for the response, even though she had posted for years about dismantling the very department that now, and screenshots still abound. 
it's pretty something, right? When karma comes back, it always, what is it? Like they, 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 they cry for the defunding of police until they're mugged. It's an adage there. Catch the Dana show noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on direct TV channel 347. If Democrats do need to find a challenger to face whoever's on the Republican side, and it's not President Biden, just put the pundit hat on. Who do you think is the best name out there that you've seen? Every time that I give a list, I forget someone. Okay, not a list, a name, one name. What I would say, well, it doesn't matter what I think. It thinks what Democratic voters think. All right, fair enough. We'll revisit that at another time. James Carville, thank you very much, as always. I don't mind you asking the question. Just get a tooth out of my mouth before you get a name. <laughs> he just doesn't care. He's so funny. I uh, When I was the token at CNN, I did a lot of election and primary caucus. He was one of the, the few people on the left, even though I thought he was so wrong on everything. Uh, I could get along with him because he wasn't totally nuts. There's James Carville on with CNN, and they're trying to get him to say, well, who should challenge Biden? He's not going to do that because he, he knows he's, he's not going to be a headline. He knows better than that. He's not going to willingly walk in and be a headline. Meanwhile, Republicans get so damn thirsty for media attention. They're like, I'll do it. I'll say it. I'll go out for my own side. It's one of the things the left really doesn't do. I'm not saying beehive mind, but it's like the left does it. The left doesn't do it even if it's deserved. The right does it. When it's not really deserved, that's what always kind of blows my mind a little bit with how the right approaches stuff. It just, I don't know. It's just kind of, it's just sort of weird. I don't know. Uh, and of course, as you know, where we roll into next week, I mean, I'm watching, we'll watch and wait and see what the what happens with this indictment, but with the uh, Hunter Biden thing, but it's supposed to be by September 29th. Woo-hoo. We'll see what happens. I don't know. That's going to, I, I, we'll see what happens. Uh, they'll probably throw something out. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's just, let's just see. Let's just see how this, how this works out. I don't know. I think I'm going to have, uh, I'm, there's going to be a couple of things coming out over at uh, Chapter and Verse, which is the newsletter on Substack. So make sure that you go and sign up for that because there's a lot of stuff that, uh, that comes out. And especially as we roll towards, uh, more into the meat of the primary. We're, I'm really going to be watching these early states. I'm not going to be covering the national stuff, and I was explaining because it's a delegate race right now, but I'm going to really be watching these early states. And so what we're going to start to do is more polling data comes in just from with the states that are that are going earlier with the primaries and caucuses. I'm going to start including that in our uh, in the email prep that goes out to the subscribers that tells you what's going to, you know, kind of what we're going to be hitting on the show uh, and all of that good stuff. So we'll, we're going to, we're going to get, we're going to get all that on there and we'll, it'll be, it'll be, uh, it's going to be a lot of information. I'll try not to overload you, but it'll be, it'll be a lot of good information. And of course, no one ever shares your information when you go and sign up over at Substack. No one ever does it. No one shares any of your stuff. And find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Like and subscribe. We've got uh, our discussion with Dr. Robert Malone that's up there. Some of our past guest discussions are up on YouTube as well. And you can find me on Instagram because there's a lot of stuff that I just don't put ever on uh, Facebook or Twitter that ends up on Instagram. So find us over there as well. All right. Today in Stupidity, Steve is in 4K on this. What have you selected, sir? All right. There's a movie coming out that takes place in the, uh, Denmark in the 1750s. So put your mind there. 
And then this is the okay. question that a reporter had for the director. Uh, this is okay. a cast and a Danish production, which is entirely Nordic. It uh, therefore has some lack of diversity, you would say, as also new rules are implied what? in Hollywood. What are you on to? <laughs> yeah, sorry, but from the get go, uh, from the get go, there is said some. Okay. Well, first of all, the film takes place in Denmark in the 1750s. He's asking the director where the diversity is in a film that takes place in Denmark in the 1750s and yep. it's about Nordic people. It's like asking, that's like going to, you know, like the continent of Africa like during the 1300s. Where were the Nordic people at? Oh my gosh, this is, everything's dumb. Folks, have a great weekend. I'll be back with you behind the mic on Monday. Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. You might have heard me on Rush Limbaugh's show. I was a regular fill-in for about eight years. I now do a show out of the high mountains of free America because, you know, I got exiled from Seattle. Google Gemini correctly predicts the present day. Mind control matrix. The internet, television, even our phones wouldn't just be distractions, but tools used to manipulate the masses and suppress critical thinking. I said that correctly. Check out The Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.